Welcome yeah. back, good people of the world. Welcome, new friends, because I've been looking at my little stats on my little podcast platforms, and I see we got some people listening to these episodes. So welcome to the party, friends. And this is your girl, Gwen, and we have my homegirls, Trinity, in the building. Hey, everybody. You know, we're not really in the building. Again, social distancing. And this is a bonus episode to review I May Destroy You, which we've committed to doing each week. So we're now on episode yeah. Four. And right before we started this call, I was telling Miss Trinity that I watched and spoke to my sister. And then after talking to my sister, I realized that I need to watch this again. <laughs> because <laughs> is the way my mind is set up, my memory is not that great. But also, I realized something I'm, I'm going to have to watch all these episodes twice. I need to just watch them through just to get my initial reaction. Mm -hmm. And then for me to take notes and like actually catch things that I maybe missed, I need to watch them the second mm -hmm. time to help me with the podcast. Because I actually want to bring up some stuff that I realized about some previous episodes as well. Now that I'm, if I take that second pass and actually pay attention properly, <laughs> then I think I start to notice <laughs> some stuff. So um, they're really good about dropping little nuggets, though. So you do really have to pay attention to the little like somebody will say one thing in, in one episode and then two episodes later, something else comes to light about that thing. You know what I mean? So it's definitely not your fault, Gwen. <laughs> yeah, no, you can't. Either This show, they drop so much and you don't realize. And so the problem is that I tend to be on my phone. I'm watching TV or I'm tweeting. I can't tweet and watch the show. I realized that. So I need to just watch it the first time. And then the second time, because I know kind of the premise, it's easier. And then when I watch it the second time, I actually watch it. I realize it's better for me to watch on my iPad. I feel like I'm better at paying attention to something on my iPad than on my TV. Because And then I kind of pause. And then I'm like, oh, and then I take notes. So like, it's a whole met methodology behind this, y'all. Such a millennial. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so a whole methodology behind this right now. But episode four was called That Was Fun. Mm, 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 mm. So, where was it? <laughs> I mean, so, um, <laughs> this was kicked off, yeah. I guess, in a good place, right? Watching the second time, I realized a lot more than the no. first time. That's all I got to say. And I'll tell you what I thought the first time versus the second time. <laughs> but go ahead. Um, so, yeah, go ahead. Where's this? Where do we start? Oh, jeez. So yeah, on this one, we started with Bella in her therapy session. Arabella's back in her bad wig. I know you're already keeping your count. So is the same bad wig? Is this count again? It doesn't count again. It's the same one from the beginning. Yeah. yeah. Okay, perfect. So Bella's sitting there in her therapy session, looking always uncomfortable, kind of not wanting to be there. But I thought it was really cool that her therapist was a black woman. Mm -hmm. So big ups to that, because a lot of times when black people need therapy, they live in places where they can't find a therapist that's, you know, of their same, you know, ethnicity or whatever. So good for her on that. And so the start of this episode was really weird. I thought, well, not weird, but they did a really good job putting up the juxtapositions between Arabella in her therapy session and then Kwame in the supermarket. Mm. So it keeps going back and forth between, mm -hmm. you know, Arabella talking to her therapist and then Kwame, we cut to him in the supermarket and this dude is on Grinder, And it's like... Okay. Is he but, but hold on, hold on, hold on. Who is, is he with? with but hold up, who is he with in the supermarket? <laughs> this dude is with his <laughs> his, granny, his grandmother. His mother. Yeah, he with a little old lady putting food, and this nigga on. <laughs> <sighs> I can't. He's just got like no chill, no chill. So you see him doing that, and then you cut back to Bella in her therapy session, and um, she starts talking about her coping mechanisms 
for how she handles like when she gets uncomfortable because she starts saying well I'm comfortable when I'm around people and when I'm doing things but when I'm by myself I have to like rattle off these these she's got all these different mantras that she rattles off to herself to try to like get herself in a calm headspace. I will tell you what and, they are. I have um, notes now. Okay, I have notes. Look. <laughs> Please the, do that because says, I didn't take note of that. Yeah, she says, uh, there are good children. There are good children. There's a <laughs> war in Syria. There's a war in Syria. Not everyone has a smartphone. Not everyone has yes. a smartphone. <laughs> These are supposed to keep make her see the big picture. These three champs. <laughs> Which is insane. And then, you know, the therapist notes, he's like, yeah, that's cool that you're trying to see the bigger picture there, but then you lose sight of the smaller picture and that's you. So you need to fix yourself. You need to take care of yourself. Um, but seven weeks after the, the what she calls a drug-facilitated okay. sexual assault. <laughs> yes. Jesus Christ, I can't. But um, so yes, we cut back to Kwame and now he has found a Tinder, uh, not Tinder, a grinder hookup. The gentleman is already in the supermarket, so now they're both in the bathroom. <laughs> Kwame is now handling his business in the bathroom with this gentleman on his knees, doing what he does. He's just doing what he does. Cool. Great. Uh, you know, I didn't notice at I the time. While he's doing that. Oh, you didn't? Which one no, he was? No, I I didn't. So it was after I spoke or... to my sister that I realized that he was on his knees. I just thought they were in there. And my sister's like, oh, he gave a blow. I was like, really? And then oh, I, saw, oh, no. I said, oh, no, no. I saw those striped pants. You're right on the floor. Yeah, on the knees. Oh, yes. Exactly. Mm. Yep. Yeah, take note of the, stri- uh, the track pants because I don't even understand how he has the energy for that. But um, <laughs> then we cut back to Bella and she's talking about, I think she asked the therapist to like, prescribe her drugs or something like that so that way she could focus and finish this damn book that she's supposed to be working on. But, um, and the therapist says, you know, can't you just take a break from this? Like, why are you still doing this when after this traumatic event? She's like, well, you know, this is pretty much my main source of income. So if I don't write, I don't get paid and I I don't have a choice. They're only paying for like the therapy sessions. They're not gonna cover her expenses, like living expenses if, she, if she's not writing and turning in these drafts. So. I the first time I watched it, I didn't hear that part about work covering the therapy session. Oh. So that's actually a very key okay. line that makes you look at the whole thing differently down the rest of the episode. So that's actually a key line that I didn't catch the first time. I want to bring up as certain things play out throughout the episode. So that's something I want us to kind of just hone okay. in on. Okay. They give yeah. her some do to help her. At this point, they tell she mentions that they're they give her a guy to work with. And that's all we know. Okay, go ahead. Right. So then we cut back to Kwame and he's finally back with his Nana, checking out the groceries. And we see that the gentleman that he was giving fellatio to is actually the cashier. So (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'm laughing. Yes, it is. It is. Oh, God. I mean, I don't, I don't get it. I was like under the impression that Kwame was like, the responsible one, the tr- but he is just as bad as everybody else. But they're all young, so young and dumb, full of whatever. Ay ay ay. Mm-hmm. Not a discerning bone in his body. Not a dis. Not a bone of discernment. Okay. Not when it comes to grinder. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, but then we cut back to Bella, and she reveals that she hasn't told her parents. Well, her mom. I don't know anything about her dad, but she hasn't told her mom yet. And then the therapist, this is when the therapist brings up the suggestions of, okay, you need to stay busy. So like do yoga, 
do some painting, do activities like this to kind of keep your mind focused and try to like heal and try to avoid places that remind you of like the night of your attack. Right. So that also comes into play <laughs> later on in the episode because we start to see like these little things trigger her that remind her of, you know, the night's events. Mm -hmm. So that's all done. We're done with this segment. We now cut to Kwame at, it looks like his job. This looks like his place of employment, what he does for a living. And I couldn't really tell what this was. Was this like a type of cardio class, like a weird Taibo type of deal? Like I didn't even know what it was. <laughs> I wasn't. So first of all, it took me a while, even the first time, to realize it was Kwame. I just didn't know. I was like, who's who's this? This random black man? And it is mm -hmm. an unidentifiable exercise class. It's aerobics. It's typo. Is it? <laughs> I don't know what it was, but it was something. Some cardio exercise construction. We don't know what it is. <laughs> but um, def both Terry and Aravella are there in the class with all these other folks in there. So that was cool. Like, you know, just showing up, working out, I guess this is part of Arabella's taking, you know, the therapist's advice of like making sure she stays active and does other things mm -hmm. to try to help her cope with this situation. Um, he gives the class a break and he walks over to the door because there's this dude standing there mm -hmm. and the guy basically introduces himself and he was like, yeah, I saw you, you know, giving the class to my grandma, like some aquarobics, I think he said it was, aquarobics class to my grandma earlier today. And, you know, I figured, I guess he was just, he's trying to figure out, I don't know if he was flirting and it was like a bad attempt at flirting. It seemed like it was, but like Kwame picked up on it. He's like, yo, I'm done in 30 minutes. We can well, no, no, hold link up, up hold after up. class. I'll tell you what happened. He said, my grandma likes a class. And then Kwame said, oh yeah, I saw you mm. looking through the window. Mm-hmm. I saw you. Okay, that's mm -hmm. what it was. I saw you. Look, Gwen got nose though, okay? <laughs> he said, I saw you looking through. He's like, I saw you peeping me, sir. I saw you peeping me, player, okay? <laughs> and then then he was like, well, you know, we, I'll be done in a little bit. We could, we could grab a coffee. Ah, okay, okay. That's what it was. I don't think they ever did that because all we see is them walking to, it looks like, Kwame's home. And he starts talking about his dad and how he's visiting from Ghana. So at least we know his background there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the gentleman that was kind of creeping on him, kind of trying to figure him out, he doesn't, he says something about, I, I've never hung out with a type of guy like this, something to this effect. And he has a hard time just basically saying like, Kwame's gay and Kwame's like, just say it. Like, I'm a gay guy. It's mm -hmm. fine. Mm -hmm. Like, it's no big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, but the gentleman definitely is interested in Kwame, mm -hmm. he seems to be wanting to explore this interest with him because mm -hmm. um, he's never linked up with somebody of the same sex before. So they talk about potentially hooking up. The gentleman lives with his family. Kwame lives with his family. So they're not doing it at their respective homes at the moment. So Kwame brings up the fact that, you know, we could and if I could find a place, someone else might be involved. But are you still down? Mm -hmm. And the guy says, sure let's figure it out and I'm in it if you're in it which I thought was kind of weird because it's like how freaky is this dude Kwame um everybody I, in the threesomes I don't I'm not putting anything past this whole group of anything well Kwame we've seen let's let's talk about something else <laughs> Kwame in episode one when Bella had come back from Italy mm -hmm. and she went to the writing studio to try to knock it out before she ended up meeting with Simon 
He was there helping her, right? And when Simon called, he was like, don't go, don't go, don't go. But the reason why he left is because he got hooked up on Grinder. So he left because he matched with That's somebody true. in the area. And he's like, I can't come out because, you know, I'm tired after I come. That's the after I ejaculate. He did say that. So if we yes. pay attention, he's always on Grinder. Right. And my sister made a comment when I spoke to her earlier. She's like, she feels like he's a sex addict. I said, I, I don't say all that, but he stays on Grinder, And so I wouldn't be surprised. And again, he just gave a blowjob to a random dude in a supermarket when he's shopping with his grandma for food. Like, how are you getting like, OK, <laughs> you're like you're you're feeling hot and bothered and you can leave. Get on your knees, wash out your mouth with water and just keep it pushing and just take the bag from the dude like it was nothing. Like, and I'm, and listen, this is realistic, by the way. It's actually realistic. Like, it's not. My sister and I end up talking to like a whole diatribe about just men and then the barriers that are removed sometimes when women aren't there, (laughs) to be honest. And how sometimes women put up a little bit more barriers when it comes to sex than men. And so when you have two men, you know, it can be a free for all. It really can be. So that's that. But one thing I want to know, I want to also mention is that before like the last scene in the gym is Arabella is like tired from the exercise and she's lying down and then she has a flashback of the rape while she's even resting on the floor in the gym. Yes, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So this goo so I don't we don't know the dude's name. Kill, still getting to her. Yeah, still getting to her. We don't ever find out the the new dude's name, but I in my notes I call him by curious dude. Okay. So by curious dude says he isn't Good. scared. I it, that whole scenario is a little bit weird, but he said he ain't scared when Kwame said, you know, he could find somebody else to host because he lives with Kwame, you know, lives with his dad. The other dude lives with his nan, a.k.a. his grandma. And so the dude said he ain't scared. So, okay. Let's okay. see how this goes. Now, Kwame's willingness to give blowjobs is interesting to me based on other restrictions he has later on in the episode. So I don't know how one is better than the other, but oh no, I'm we can talk about that. Oh, I can I can break down that logic, <laughs> but go ahead, we can talk about that. But let's okay. let's go let's stay in the order of what happens. Yes, of course. So now we're back with Bella and her writing partner. I guess is that what he is? I don't really I couldn't really figure out what to call him. He's just he's not really he's a babysitter because he's not writing it with her. I think he's just a babysitter. Is that what he is? He's a glorified babysitter. Great. That's what I took. A he's, 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 babysitter he's an Indian babysitter. Yeah, Indian babysitter. <laughs> Indian Bay babysitter. No, no, no. He ain't Bay. He just uh, babysitter. <laughs> babysitter. So he shows up. She's at a cafe. He shows up and they very rudely get kicked out of the cafe because it's closing. So he suggests to that they move to a bar. Now, trigger. Bella hesitates, kind of agreeing to this, but she's like, you know, whatever. Sure, let's go. Well, no, so hold on. Hold on. Get... He says, hold on, hold mm-hmm. on. He says... He suggests the bar and she's like, what? And he's like, oh, we can go to the writing office, right? You know, where they go. And she's like, oh, no, 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 the bar is good. Because <laughs> remember, a lot, well, we just talked about it. A lot of the stuff that <laughs> night was where she went to that writing office. So when he said that, she's like, oh, no, no, I'm yeah. down with the bar. <laughs> Not that I'm making fun of her, but I'm just saying. Like, Everything trying to is avoid. a trigger for this yeah. poor girl. I know. Poor girl. Poor girl. Um, So they get to the bar now. And she's sitting there and he starts talking to her about her book, like what kind of style it is, asking her all these different questions. And the waitress comes over 
and ask if she'd like a drink. And that's kind of when things get a little fuzzy from her perspective. And she's like, no, 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 definitely don't want a drink. But you can see like her being in the bar now is the triggers are starting to happen and she's starting to to get uncomfortable mm-hmm. or whatever. So Indian babysitter then asks her where her background is. And she says she's from Ghana. That's not that's not what I'm asking you. What's your educational background? Mm-hmm. And now he keeps kind of prying on her, like, how did she get to this point of having this publishing deal with this publishing house? Mm-hmm. Because he's kind of pretentious, honestly. And so she explains that pretty much she got popular on Twitter. Everybody was telling her to write the book. So that's how she got into writing the first book. And he starts talking, he makes this comment about how, well, I guess you don't have to go to university in order to get a book deal. And it's just like, why, why did you need to say something like that? You don't even know this girl. You don't know anything about her. He hasn't read the first book, clearly. Um, so I didn't see what his point of, I don't know if he just kind of was just like shooting banter and he just thought that that was going to be a cool thing to say. But while he's talking to her about all of this, she starts freaking out. She sees drinks getting placed on tables. She sees like a couple holding hands or like somebody touching somebody's knee and she starts freaking out and she just kind of bolts, just runs, leaves the conversation, leaves the bar, heads home. Yeah. I think it's when he picks up his glass of water, it triggers her. And then she's having a bunch of flashbacks to that bar, like ego death or death ego. And then she's like, I got to go. And she bounces. Mm -hmm. And then right after this, you can see that Kwame matches on Grindr with Horny Man 808. <laughs> oh, God. So, these names, that. these handles. It's fine. I mean, <laughs> I it's appropriate. It's, it is appropriate hey, for so the now the, his little hookup for the night is a go. Got a green light for that. And then we see Bella going to her mom's place. And we see that she has a younger, looks like a younger brother to me, um, to pick up some drawing tools to help her with, you know, more therapeutic uh work just kind of like blocking out things so she's gonna pick up drawing she's got some colored pencils some other crap but on her bus ride home we see her repeating one of her mantras to herself i don't remember which one it was yeah she had a yeah. flashback on the bus and so, so that's why i do it but i have to tell you the first time i watched this like i don't know i didn't process it like i don't know i don't know if i didn't notice the brother i just saw her getting pencils i didn't realize until the second time that i was like oh this is her parents house that's her brother he says their mom is at work and he's going to church so i missed that whole interaction like i saw her get the pencils but i didn't put two and two together that that was actually at her family's house until i watched Mm. it the second time and then you know we see her on the bus she has a flashback and then she's you know saying her little mantras yep um so now we cut back to kwame and by curious guy and they have arrived at the grinder hookup mr horny man 808's house and, you know, Kwame lets Vicarious Guy know that, look, if you're not into it and if you don't want to do anything, you don't have to. Mm-hmm. You can just watch or whatever. So they kiss. And it was a sweet little kiss. Fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guy, like, compliments him. And he's like, you're so sexy. Kwame, he must hear this shit often because it seems like everybody's telling him how sexy he is. But um, Grinder dude opens the door mm-hmm. and lets them in. And then aptly reminds them to take off their shoes which like made me giggle a bit because it's like all right you'd have to do that at any caribbean person's or caribbean person descent house so yeah mm-hmm. doesn't even matter if it's your grinder hookup or not take your shoes off before you come inside mm-hmm. um and then we cut to 
Bella at home on her couch, Mm -hmm. staring blankly into, you know, the distance, kind of just sitting on, sitting in the living room, just staring. I guess she had her uh, drawing stuff that she picked up from her, her mom's house in front of her, but she wasn't doing anything. She's just, I don't know, totally just still shook, unfortunately, but... Her bell rings, her doorbell rings, and it's an Indian uh, babysitter from earlier, Uh and he starts talking to her and he comments about the fact that her draft is really good, and now she asked what his background was, Uh and this is when we find out that he's Indian because, you know, he's making the joke from earlier. They laugh about it. And then, you know, she says, no, but really, like, how did you get into writing? And we find out that uh, he went to Cambridge. Mm-hmm. Of course he did. He seems like, yeah, that type of guy. Well, not, I won't um, say of course he did. So, and just, then he got I his say, deal with the publishing company. He comes off pretentious enough to have gone to either Cambridge. I was like, it's either Cambridge or Oxford. Like, well, okay. He just has that that air about him. Like, I didn't get. I, when I was he just... was questioning her about who she was and Mm-mm. what her credentials were. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I didn't take it like that. I took it as, and maybe I had too much of a black fist in the air, but I took it as a lot of times non-black people always question you as a black person. Like people never think you deserve to be where you are, blah, blah, blah. So there's always this extra vetting of like, what did you do? What is that? And so I don't take it at Mm -hmm. all as, as him being anything. I didn't think shit about him. I was like, I don't know what his babysitter is. I, I've given him the moniker of babysitter. So obviously he's not that high up in my mind in terms of anything. <laughs> and so I just thought he was just, there was like an, a hint of jealousy. And that didn't mm-hmm. mean that he was more qualified. I just thought he was just a fucking jerk. And so that's all I thought. Now, the other thing is, and I'm not trying to shade Americans, but just in case you guys don't know, Cambridge is a very prestigious Uh-oh. university in the UK. So I, I do want to say that, that, you know, for him saying that, then she was like, oh, shit. Okay, well, you know. But shout listen, this is how the cookie crumbles. You don't have to go to Cambridge to be an esteemed writer. You definitely don't. That doesn't, you know, have any bearing on your level of talent. So, and that's what he learned. Um, so they keep, you know, having a little banter back and forth. And then they pause and they're looking at each other. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, here we go. And then Arabella says it. She was like, well, we're probably going to have sex. And he's like, you want to do that now? She's like, sure. And I'm just but like, hold on, hold on, hold girl, on. Girl, you are not ready for this. Hold on. His name is Zane, by the way. So we can we can actually put his real name in here, too. Zane, Indian babysitter. My yes. sister said she was surprised because she was like, at what point did they have any interaction that looked like they were even into each other? Like, wh- where was their flirtation or None. anything that seemed like this was going to go there? None. So it, it was a little Doesn't bit like, sense, I was like, he seemed guess... like, he seemed like a straight up cornball to me. So I was like, so what? You you want to bone him? <laughs> this is, this is who you want to bone? And you're not drunk. You're, you're dead sober. So, okay, girl. Okay. Sure. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't, it didn't make sense, but they were game. So I guess that's fine. Um, On their way to the bedroom. Um, he said something that really stuck with me and he was like, she asked him, why don't you care about my book? And he said, because you don't care about it. Mm. And I was like, he, does he know enough about her or about her writing to be able to say such a comment like that? Mm. So I was kind of like, I was kind of salty there, but fine. Um, her roommate pops up, they talked for a bit and he mentioned something about oh, the painting thing being a good idea. So I guess she must have told him what happened to her at some point Mm -hmm. that we don't see. 
off camera. Um, so they head into the bedroom and Arabella and Zane start. Um, he asks her, he asks her, which this level of manipulation is wild to me. So he asks her if he can kiss her like mm-hmm. a gentleman would. Right. Mm-hmm. Let me ask for your permission mm-hmm. to go in for a kiss. Mm-hmm. Fine. They start kissing and she gets a flashback. Mm-hmm. So she she sees his face mm-hmm. now as her assaulter, which mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's weird. And she kind of kicks him away, pushes him away and kind of runs over to her desk and like lights a joint so she can mm-hmm. take a couple hits off of that, I guess, to calm her down. Mm-hmm. This damn poster once again keeps falling off the wall. <laughs> I just want to rip it off the wall at this point, but I hate that damn poster. <laughs> He comes and sits <laughs> next to her mm-hmm. <laughs> while she's smoking mm-hmm. and, you know, just asking if it's okay. And she's like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. We then cut back to Kwame now. So Kwame, by Curious Dude, and Horny Man 808 are together and sitting around talking. And Horny Man 808 asks something. Somebody asks, like, what are you into? And Kwame very, you know, coyly says, oh, I'm into everything. So it's like, oh, God, here we go. So they're flirting back and forth. And then Kwame and Horny Man 808 start making out while Bi Curious Guy is just standing off to the side, kind of, you know, staring at each other, I guess, unsure of what to do or just trying to figure out if he really even wants to be there at this point um, going forward. One thing I want to point out is that Kwame, they, they have a little bit of small talk and Kwame asks him where he's from and the, the guy says, you know, it depends if it's a black person, he tells them he's Nigerian. If they're a white person, he says something else. So I thought it was it was kind of cute. Like they had a little banter there. And then Kwame said he's open to everything. You know, he's like, what you're into? And the Nigerian dude says, I, actually, no, the, the third by Curious Guy says something. And the Nigerian dude is like, I'm not trying to fuck you. <laughs> he's like, I'm trying to fuck Kwame. I was like, well, damn. Tell him what, how you really feel. <laughs> um, <laughs> tell him how you really feel, sir. Seriously. And, um... That that was that. All right. So anyway, then we go back to Bella and Zane. Go ahead. Yeah. So these two are now getting very hot and heavy and she checks with them to ensure that he, you know, puts a condom on. So he does. And they start in their missionary position. They're getting it in. Then he decides to flip her around Mm -hmm. so that way they could do doggy style. Fine. Mm -hmm. Cool. No problem. They start doing it, doing it, doing it. He then pulls out, mm-hmm. pulls off the condom, throws it off the bedside, and goes right back to doing what he was doing. They go right back to having sex. Arabella doesn't notice because he does it so quickly mm-hmm. that like it looked like he was just readjusting, mm-hmm. and she doesn't even notice. So they go back. They continue having sex, um, and we then cut back to Kwame mm-hmm. and his situation. And now he and Horny Guy eight oh eight. I think Kwame, it looks like he's just finished giving him head. Mm-hmm. And now they're down to have sex. Kwame is the bottom. Mm-hmm. So they're doing that. They really got all up into the positions. I was just like, so, so can booty we, can, going can, around this So hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to say, hold on, hold on, hold on. So they're naked. Look at Gwen being very excited. So people might be uncomfortable with gay sex. Let me tell you what I'm thinking. I want to talk about the sex part. You see, I, I don't care about nothing else. Let's talk about the sex. So... <laughs> Kwame finishes with the blowjob and the dude tells him to, you know, get on the bed and he tells him though he wants to fuck 
raw. He says bear or something like raw. And Kwame's like, yes, nah. bareback. Yes. Yeah. He's like, I don't do that. And the guy's like, I thought you said you were into everything. And he's like, yeah, but not that. Right. The other dude's just standing awkwardly in the corner. Right. So Nigerian dude gets a condom. This is where Gwen's commentary starts. So he's now naked. This man had an ass for days. Listen, his booty was so nice. And it was like perfect. And right, you could just put a quarter off of it. He, listen, his body was so nice. Okay, this is what I'm thinking when I watch. I was like, look at this man. Look at his booty. Listen, y'all used to seeing fake asses with the Kardashians and all of them. This man had such a lovely physique i was like okay now i know people are not accustomed to seeing gay sex and i listen i was like this man got such a nice body and he was tall he was all right like fairly attractive not the best but that booty though i said yes keep showing this booty okay this booty was lovely i said my god yeah my god okay damn these gay men damn y'all <laughs> y'all always be getting the fine niggas come on jesus so um Sorry, this was Gwen's commentary. I was like, his body is amazing. Okay, his body is amazing. That's what I'm thinking. I was like, oh, okay, okay. Um, but I know. People... Um, this is where I needed your help from earlier when Kwame was very willing to give a stranger a blowjob, but is not willing to have sex bareback, aka without a condom. How I don't understand the the reconciliation there. It seems like you're being risky regardless. So I think a lot of people share the same sentiments he has. A lot of people, straight, gay, have that same sentiment. People think that a blowjob is like a handshake. Like, they don't think it's a big deal. I think people underestimate that sexually transmitted diseases can be transmitted via blowjobs. And frankly, men don't want to have a condom on when they're getting a blowjob. So it's pretty much like... A blowjob is something that the expectation is that it's not going to be protected. However, when it comes to sex or penetration, you know, this is where people will take a harder stance that they expect protection to be used. Very common. I mean, you could even liken it to a lot of girls, you know, who are protecting their virginity when they're young will give blowjobs, but they won't have sex because they think a blowjob is not sex shit bill clinton kind of said it low-key didn't he with monica Lewinsky too this is so work so a lot of people honestly think a blowjob mm-hmm. is like i said a glorified handshake it's not people really don't think a blowjob is a big deal that's wild to me though but i guess to each his own but yes that was a good point that i forgot was that the gentleman mr good booty asked uh if he could have bareback with him or not and kwame was like yo absolutely not um so i think while they're engaged in their sexual activity vicarious guy ends up running out because he's had enough at this point super uncomfortable he's like i'm not about it um so he leaves and then we cut back to bella and zane and zane has now finished he's ejaculated done sex done he heads to the bathroom and she's putting on her under or whatever. And Zane's pants are at the foot of her bed. So she kind of lifts them up with her foot, takes a picture. And I'm like, what is she doing? Mm-hmm. Lo and behold, she then texts that picture to Biagio, mm-hmm. Mediterranean Bay. Mm-hmm. Middle Eastern boo. Tells, mm-hmm. Puts a little tag there. Middle Eastern boo. That's what it was. Middle Eastern boo. And then tags it with competition. Smiley face. Mm-hmm. 
And so he immediately comes back. He's like, nah, English dudes are shit. Like, I'm not concerned with this. And then asks her, like, how she's doing. She kind of giggles, doesn't answer the question, puts her phone down. Zane come back, comes back in and she's like, oh, there's a trash bin, like, in the kitchen or something like that. Because there might not have been one in the bathroom for you to throw the condom away. And this is when we start having problems. Because now this fool starts stuttering and he's all like, oh, well, um, there's no need for that because I thought you knew that I took it off. And she's like, excuse me? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, I was feeling uncomfortable. So I had to take it off. I thought you knew. And then she's like, no, you're not serious. You're crazy. And he's like, no, look. And he ends up showing it to her um, sitting there uh, at the corner of her bed on the floor. And she's like, oh, my God. So now she starts freaking out. And he's just continuing to gaslight her like, oh, I thought you knew. I thought you knew. What are you talking about? And so like this is a juxtaposition from earlier when he asks her if he can kiss her to then they're having sex and he blatantly just disregards her desire to have protected sex and just takes it off. And it's like, what are you doing? How do you why would you even do that to her? So then she starts freaking out and she's like, we need to go get the pill, the plan B pill. Uh-huh. Um, you're paying for it. Let's go. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that's basically what happens. So now I'm, you know, here you know, I'll be a villain show on this podcast. So I was talking to my oldest sister. I have two sisters. If you guys listen to podcasts, know that. I was talking to my oldest sister about that. She's the one who's watching it. Although I use the HBO account of my middle sister, but it's okay. So I was talking <laughs> to my oldest sister. My oldest sister is gay. And so she and my, you guys know she's like a lot older than me. And so she has, like, I've never in my entire life, ever since my sister with a boyfriend ever or anything, she's been like in long term relationships with women. So she sometimes asks me about straight people shit. Okay. And she was like, is that realistic? Is that something that happens? And I said, it is realistic. And I said, it's happened to me. She's like, what? I said, yeah. I said, I was really no. young. Yes, it's happened to me. Yes. Uh, I said, it's really, and I realized I've never told her this. I did tell my middle sister at the time, because I remember I probably was like 21. And I had met this guy, like, I don't know. I met this guy out. Actually, I know where I met him. And, you know, we kicked it, blah, blah, this guy from Brooklyn. And, you know, we kicked it a few times, blah, blah. And we hooked up. And it was very similar. Like, you know, you start out missionary, the condom is on. You turn over, you turn around for, you know, doggy style and it happens. You don't know. And then it was after and the guy just, I haven't, hey, you guys, I haven't been 21 in a long time. So I can't remember all the details, but yeah, it, it came out that he had taken it off. And I was like, what? And he's like, oh, it was uncomfortable. It was tight. And I was like, what? And so look, I didn't sleep wow. with the guy again. I think I talked to him a little bit after, but I didn't sleep with him again. And then I ended up, actually was, I moved out of the whole tri-state area period, like within like a couple months after, or maybe a month or so after. But I remember that. And I remember, I need to, the crazy thing is I should talk to my middle sister and see if she remembers. Cause I remember talking to her about like, yo, this happened. She's like, well, I remember being like shocked. So I'm a person who's always been on like birth control as soon as I was sexually active. So that was never an issue. But I remember like going to get tested and all the stuff because like, I didn't know this dude like that and he did do it. And so it is something that's real that does happen because straight up it did happen to me. Honestly, was I like super traumatized or anything? I remember being upset about it at the time. Um, honestly, more traumatic shit has happened to me in my life mm-hmm. after that. But I, I remember being upset at the time, but I wasn't like paralyzed. But we also have to understand the context of what 
Bella just recently went through how things play out later on. But my sister, again, like my sister who doesn't, you know, date men. I've never seen my whole life. She's like in her 50s. And she's been with her wife for like 20 years. She was like, is that happening? I was like, yeah. And so she was shocked when I told her that this morning. I was like, oh my. I was like, yo, don't freak out. I was like, don't freak out. I was like, I'm not freaked out. But I'm just telling you, I know it happens because it it did happen to me. So I know it's a thing. It's not some shit that people are just putting on TV. It does happen. And then she asked me, she just asked me, she's like, so can't you feel, she's like, I'm trying to be gross, I'm just trying to be gross, but can you feel the condom is off? I said, well, the way it's happening, it's so fast that you, you don't know. It's not like you, he's been like doing it for like a long time and then suddenly it changes. Like, it's like you, you just kind of change positions and it's right kind of in the beginning. And so you don't know. So I said, you don't know. And so people do it. And so I can say it's true because I should, it's happened to me. Real talk. That's, you know, Gwen exclusive. Okay. So it's, yeah. So this isn't like some like crazy shit and not to be fucked up. I'm about to, you know, I, y'all know I go there all the time. So I'm like, oh, this is some white boy shit or some, you know, Indian boy shit that I know it was a black man. So let's just be clear. Like, this is just a man. This has nothing to do with race or anything like that. This is some shit that fuck boys do, which is what guys do being stupid. So it happens. Stupid and manipulative. Yeah. It's yeah. stupid. It's being selfish stupid and it's dumb because it's a weird situation because you have agreed to have sex with the guy right and i think this is just a this is just obviously what we're going to say to me is a recurring theme on this whole series right this whole show of like what does consent look like in all these different scenarios right because you saw it with terry with Mm -hmm. the dudes Obviously, you see with Bella, which is kind of very uh, obvious, you know, a very obvious situation. She's drugged, so she didn't have an opportunity to consent. But then you see this where you're a willing participant. Like, I have agreed to sleep with you, but the auspices under which I did are different, right? And so I know, listen, I know some of y'all be like, well, you said that Terry shouldn't care about that, you know, because the auspices were different. I said, no, I still, I still stand by what I said in last episode, because I do think that she did consent and they did use condoms. And even though at the end they end up knowing each other, I still think that it shouldn't have mattered. And I honestly think after talking to my sister today, the real issue with that whole situation with Terry was that she really didn't enjoy it. I think we alluded to it last time, but I think she didn't enjoy it. And she kind of did it for the look, mm-hmm. for clout. Because, you know, she she texted Kwame and she thought, like, this is what people do on vacation. Yeah. She's trying to escape herself. But she didn't do it out of something that, because something she wanted. She wasn't like, oh, I'm going to get mine and blah, blah, blah. So that's why at the end it was like, oh, well, it's sad because it wasn't really something she wanted. But if she had actually gone into it doing it because she really wanted to and not just trying to do it for the look for social media, then it would have been a really different story. So um, I still stand by it because I just think that she has some insecurity issues, which led her to do that. But at the end of the day, she did consent. And, you know, if those guys say they didn't know each other and they were walking out and they happened to just like still be strangers and dap each other up because they were strangers, what everything that happened still happened and you still went along with it the whole time. So I still think I don't find it to be as gray. These situations where the guy takes out the condom is annoying and it's manipulative because it's like, bro, we agreed to this. <laughs> like, you know, we agreed it. We agreed to this with the condom. You now have made your own autonomous decision and that affects mm-hmm. me. Right. And so that's like, no, we didn't agree to that. You know, we agreed to sex with a condom not without a condom i don't fucking know you like that and we didn't get there that's a conversation and that where people have to agree to and you're taking upon yourself because you're fucking lazy and and selfish and nasty 
yeah. But yeah. then it's like it's also the gaslighting too, though, right? Like the gaslighting is, I, I think, is probably one of the worst things too, because it's like now you're sitting here, I'm yelling at you because you've done something that I haven't approved, and you're now saying, well, you should have known. How? To your point, right? It's like it's happening so fast. How do you expect the woman to know the difference in this type of a situation when you're the one that's, you know, violating the person's trust? So it's just another. Well, it's like a, it's a, you know, it's when they do that, it's so funny. It's also men having an ego around their dick. Like, oh, can't you see my, my dick feels so different with a condom (laughs) on it. And when it, when it doesn't have it, can't you tell that my eggplant is so fabulous when it doesn't have it in versus it does. I'm like, no, the problem, the person who has a condom is you nigga. It's not me. I don't have a problem with the condom. Okay. It's you who feels like it's not whatever enough and not to be graphic, but like, if you're a girl and you are wet, wherever not like shit, like nigga, like, I don't know, especially if it's right away. Like, I don't know. It's not like you've been consistently feeling like one particular sensation for five, 10 minutes. And then it changes. It's like, okay, this is within the first couple of minutes of anything. Like who the fuck knows? Like you're just trying to figure stuff going on. You're turning around, you know, you don't know. So let's also talk about how men do not even understand female anatomy or sex or anything and have this strange perception that, oh, you're going to be able to see that, you know, my dick feels so different. Like, shut the fuck up. You're the one who has, like, no, it really doesn't. I don't fucking know. It just happened the first two minutes. How the fuck am I supposed to know? You know, but it's like, my dick is so special that you should be able to feel it. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> my dick is so special. Can't you tell? Couldn't you feel my special dick? What's wrong with you for not feeling my special dick? I mean, that's what it comes down to. It's like this immature, <laughs> stupid ass shit. And that's that, right? So that's real. Listen, it happens to me. So I'm I'm saying it's definitely real. I, it hasn't happened since, to my knowledge. But that's that. So anyway, she asked him where the condom is. He said he took it off because it was uncomfortable. He shows her on the floor. She says, you need to get the pill and she pays for it. And I, I, want, I want to say this. It puts you in a weird situation, right? Because you did consent. You want to sleep with the person. You know, some people say, okay, well, you should just stop talking and end it, blah, blah, blah. But you technically were into the person to sleep with them. So, and I think, you know, I had to tell my sister this. I said, it sometimes comes down to you're thinking, well, is it a miscommunication issue? Because sometimes the guys, you know, guys are like fucking dogs and you have to like train them. And sometimes they're stupid. And and this is not the right line of thinking, but I'm just saying that sometimes, especially when it comes to sex or things like that, and especially if you're kind of newly entertaining someone, you have to feel out things and flesh out things and also tell people what to do and how to treat you. So it's not always so black and white that like, oh, he took off the condom. Oh, it's rape. I go to police station. Like it's not in real life. That's not always how it's going to play out. And I think that's what we saw here too. And so I don't want people to be like, well, see Arabella, she should have just got like, no, no, no. Like she did want to sleep with the guy. And so, and I think we need to recognize that like, that is true. You do want to sleep with the guy. And so it puts you in this weird thing where like, all right, is this, he, he's a monster. He's a bit, okay, what does that say about me? Because I was just trying to fuck him. So like, or is this something we just need to kind of talk through to figure out so he knows and doesn't do that shit again? Like you are thinking a lot of different things at the time when it happens. Because again, this is not mm-hmm. a stranger that you're drugged in the street, blah, blah, blah. This is something that you did consent to. It's just that he broke part of the consent when they take off the condom. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. 
yeah, it, it's it's gray. So I feel like you, you can't judge the reaction initially where she's still like chilling with him and everything because you might be like, you know, guys are doing dumb shit and you as a woman are kind of conditioned to be like, okay, well, I have to try to work things or talk through things with him to get on the same page because you don't know, blah, blah, blah. You know, just like if someone was having sex or doing something in a way that you didn't like or you thought was uncomfortable, where you would have to kind of muster up the conversation to discuss boundaries and things like that. And so this can fall into that and that type of reaction as opposed to like, oh my God, I was raped. I'm going to police station. Like it doesn't always fall into that black and white. Like it's very gray it's not gray in terms of no it's wrong and non-consensual acts and all that but i think it's gray in terms of how you may react in that situation because this is somebody who you were trying to have sex with yeah i totally agree and i think for arabella as well maybe the fact that even though it started off a bit rocky with her getting a flashback the fact that she was able to get through the sexual act and she enjoyed herself i feel like that also kind of played into her you know kind of still not not freaking out on him so much that she like kicks him out and tells him to f off but is like let's go together and get this plan b pill and see like what's up yeah yeah although i just think he's so corny and i just want to say that i think he's just so corny (laughs) yeah absolutely is i agree not attractive like coming from middle eastern boo like this dude is light work he's not even special but okay i agree but i guess anything to get her mind off of the rape and the assault she'll take at this point so i guess although i would think that the last thing you'd want to do is have sex my sister also asked that so she's like well isn't that the last thing you want to do and i said well i think there are going to be two approaches i said some people will just be completely off sex don't want anything to do with it because it's all triggering blah 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 but i think there's also something about wanting to move on with your life and not wanting the incident to paralyze you or change you where, you know, you would want to push through and just do what you, what you would normally do. So I I do see that, like, you know, she's just trying to be normal and you don't want something like this to just put this stamp on your life and change who you are and change your whole, whole existence and everything you've created because of, you know, some piece of shit dude, you know, it's like you're trying to keep your own life together, keep your own sanity together and keep your own normalcy together. And it's like, damn, do you have to change who you are because someone's violation of you? You know what I mean? Like there is part of it is like, damn, I just want to be normal and I just want to do me like I always did and be carefree. Mm -hmm. And like, do I have to now stop that and change my core because of some something that happened like wow this this other person now has gotten so much power over my life that I can no longer be who I am and behave how I want to I think that's real and I think people will on the outside looking in think well why that bad behavior she's not learning her lesson but it's like fuck this dude whoever it is is just chilling in his own fucking life and her life now falls apart it's like, damn, like, can I not live? Can I not live? You now have taken all this power and away from me and, you know, taken all this power over her. I do think it is trying to, like, just hold the reins of your own life and continue in as a more, as most normal fashion as, you, as, as possible. I don't know. I'm not mad at her for sleeping with dude. I, I still think he's corny, like, of all the dudes to sleep with. I feel like he was a cornball. But, okay. You know, get back on that horse. Shit. Yeah, I totally agree, Gwen. 
So, but anyway, that's not even like, that's the drama, but that ain't the most drama in this episode. <laughs> if we want to keep it real. I mean, I don't think she would have hooked up with him had he not been introduced as somebody from the publishing company, you know? Yeah. Like she thought he was safe, you know? Yeah. Jesus. Definitely not. So, um. So it's back to Kwame. Kwame and the guy are, are done. Kwame is fully clothed. You want to take it from there? Yeah, Kwame is fully clothed and uh, Horny Man 808 is trying to now coax him to stay. Kwame's like, I gotta go. He's like, no, 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 you stay. Come on, come back to bed. So bad. Well, Kwame tried to, do you remember? He tried to open the door and the guy like slammed it yeah, on so his Kwame's finger. Yeah, so Kwame goes to open the door and the guy ends up shutting the door back and slams it on Kwame's finger. So Kwame turns around around and it's like oh my god you know my finger and the guy's like oh are you okay fine Kwame's checking his finger he's like no I'm good and the guy ends up pulling him back you know gently not too too forcefully pulling him back inside so Kwame walks back inside Kwame's now facing into the house and he's like facing the bed and the guy is behind him horny man 808 is behind him at this point horny man 808 ends up dropping his drawers and shoves um Kwame back on the bed and Kwame's like I'm not down to have sex again I don't want to do this but the guy doesn't care so now and he says to him it's not sex something like this so don't worry all right so now he's Kwame's on the bed face down Horny Man Eight is on top of him he's pulled down Kwame's pants on so Kwame's is exposed and it looks like he's just grinding himself on Kwame's bare butt I can't I, I think it was really hard to tell if there was penetration or not but if there was, he definitely does not have a condom on. So he's grinding himself on top of Kwame and he finally gets off and then he says that he's a bad boy to Kwame. Now Kwame's totally shook at this point. He runs out feeling totally violated, shaking, and he has tears in his eyes. And so we cut back now. Bella is with Zane coming out of the pharmacy. She's got her plan B. She pops it in her mouth and she gets a call from Kwame and she's like, hey, what's up? Are you all right? And he lies and he says like, yes, I'm fine. I'm just going to bed. I just wanted to say goodnight to you or something like that. So, you know, she's like carefree at this point, walking around joking with um, Zane. So she's like, yeah, you know, have a great night. I love you. And he's like, he loves her. And she's really catching on the fact that something is really wrong with him. Like his voice sounds off because she's going through all stuff right now. And so that's how it ends. It ends um, kind of with the camera, I think, focused on Kwame still trying to process what the hell just happened to him. You know, the two of them are living parallel lives of issues with consent, where they're both involved with people who they did consent to have sex with, but then it goes left, right? In her situation, it goes left because the dude takes off the condom putting her at risk and they didn't agree to it. And in this situation, the dude holds him down. He's humping him. It is, when I watched it, I, I couldn't tell if he was humping him or he was raping him. Cause he did say when Kwame was like, I don't agree for you to have sex with me. I'm not, I'm not having sex with you again. The guy's like, well, it's not sex. So I was like, well, what, what, what does that mean? Are you saying it's not sex because you think, cause I'm not, cause I'm not consenting. Like I, I didn't even know what it meant. Right. But you see him holding him down and the guy is taller and he's brolic like he's strong. So Kwame's trying to fight and get up and he can't get up. And, you know, the guy laughs like I'm a bad boy. And that shit's fucked up because you're in these two situations where 
you willingly wanted to have sex with the person, but the people take it to the fucking next level, the wrong level or some fucked up shit. And now it's, you know, it's just fucked up. I feel so bad for Kwame though. I feel so bad for him. And I I will say that for people who are like shocked, like, oh, you know, gay sex, blah, blah, blah. I think it's wonderful that she's showing this. I think it's great to see like real depictions of black gay couples who are not over-exaggerated on like, I don't know, the shows we have in America where it's like over the top. There's like only one dimensional, I think, gay men a lot of times in in American TV, especially black American productions where it's Miss J or the guy who has a lampshade on his head that like the meme where it's like moving back and forth. I think we do a one tone black gay experience in America. And so I do appreciate us seeing like multidimensional gay characters on this. And look, gay people have sex and they they have sex. And look, the man had a nice booty. I know he's a predator. Okay. But I, I think it was good to show that. Um, and then even showing, we always have people on the DL. The dude wasn't, the third guy, the bicurious guy, he wasn't on the DL. He was just looking like he's trying to figure shit out, you know. <laughs> it was just weird. But I, I do appreciate her using this platform, HBO using the platform to show multi-dimensional Black gay characters. There is a level of maybe DL, I don't know or not, because... Kwame, well, Kwame's dad knows he's gay because he says the father couldn't look him in the eye. So the father seems to know that he's gay. So there looks like there's some discomfort there. And then you're also seeing the hookup culture, which is real. And the grinder shit, that's fucking real. And so you people are meeting people, they're in location, fucking people and going about their business. That's, that's real too. So although it's sad and it's very sad, I do think that it's a very realistic depiction across the board whether it was Arabella in this Indian babysitter dude or Kwame with the nice booty predator. Yeah, I totally agree. And another great episode showing multifaceted, multidimensional things. FYI, guys, we're having a little bit of technical delays on this one. So I'm not sure how this whole episode is going to come out, but hopefully it comes out well. Thank you for listening and, you know, we will continue to share our thoughts and perspectives. You can follow me at Gab with Gwen on Instagram and at Gab with Gwen on Twitter. You'll get more interaction and thoughts from me on Twitter, but I'm also very regular on IG. And thank you, Miss Trinity, as usual, for agreeing to do these weekly bonus episodes of I May Destroy You. Thanks so much for having me, Gwen. All right, guys, stay safe. Keep washing your hands, wearing your masks. Until next time, peace. Thank you.